0: Well, hello, and uh, man, I trust, hope that you are having a fabulous weekend. Um, As you saw, that outreach on Monday was uh, just spectacular. It just blew us away um, what we were able to uh, distribute on Monday with the help of of those partners with the Orlando Dream Center and with Second Harvest. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to our uh, outreach coordinator, uh, he has been managing all of our grocery distribution really these last uh, three weeks or so. But Cody Flickinger has just been uh, working tirelessly. He, he's like a little bundle of energy. And so uh, he just never runs out. And uh, so he helped really uh, organize the whole thing on Monday. And of course, he'll also be uh, the main key person moving forward as we uh, plan that one for uh, next Thursday as well. So a uh, big shout out to him and uh, what a great event that was. Um, well, I hope you're having a good weekend. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Hope everybody's washing their hands a lot. Um, we, you know, we've been, uh, of course, everybody's kind of on that zone and trying to wash hands. And then they say not to touch your face. And um, I have discovered that I have, it's very much in my habit to touch my face a lot. Um, and I've noticed that the times that I, that I think about it, like when I think, oh yeah, when I'm reminded that I'm not supposed to touch my face is usually like halfway through the face touch. Like I'll have my finger inside my eye for the first 10 seconds of my 22nd eye itch. And then I'll remember, oh wait, I'm not supposed to touch my face. So hopefully you guys are doing uh, better than I am. I'm excited uh, this weekend to bring the word. Uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter eight in just a moment, and. Uh, Uh, I know that uh, we're gathered all over the place, and uh, so wherever you are, if you're in a home or in a car or uh, in line at the grocery store, I don't recommend that, but if that's what you got to do for this service, uh, lean into it and uh, hear from God. I've I've got just a a few people here in the auditorium with me right now, and uh, we just... uh, uh, they're, they're very distant from one another, and it's a very small group, but we just, uh, we, they just uh, are here with us today as well. So I'm excited uh, to get into this Word. Let me start out by the funniest thing I saw this week, if I can. This uh, is the funniest thing I saw this week, and it says this. If you need uh, 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have been seeing the doctor long before COVID-19. Now, the reason why that that felt maybe a little bit funny there in your home or in your car is that um, we're kind of used to being in church all together. And when something like that happens, the person next to you laughs really loud and the person next to them laughs really loud. And it just kind of makes you want to laugh too. And so um, why don't we try something? Let, let me do that again. And this time we're going to try uh, having a little bit of help uh, electronically from a uh, maybe not so real, uh, but still a uh, very powerful audience. Okay, let's try that again. The funniest thing I saw this week is uh, right there on this toilet. If you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a 14-day quarantine, you probably should have been seeing the doctor long before (laughs) COVID-19. Isn't that better? That's much better. See, made you all feel at home like you could just laugh, let it out. Uh, it's fine. Uh, you know, even the CDC, I'm sorry, this is seeming like, this is seeming like a, a, a bad stand-up comedy routine, but let me say one more. The CDC uh, actually is also promoting the power of laughter and of course, Pastor, the uh, first week of our stream-only service, his, the end of his message just talked about finding something to, to laugh about, and having laughing contests, and the CDC as well. Uh, they're also talking about the, how important it is, and they're encouraging people uh, to, uh, to you know tell at least one joke per day. Uh, now, there is a certain kind of joke, though, that the CDC is recommending, and it's an inside joke. Hold on. Let me try it again. I said... With, our, with the help of our laugh track, there's a certain kind of joke, though, that the CDC is recommending, and it's an inside joke. <laughs> all right, that's good. I'm sorry. We just had to do it. But I hope you get it. It ends the I meaning because we have to stay inside. Do we get it? All right, good. Acts chapter 8. Let's go to Acts chapter 8, verse 1, and I apologize for, uh, for our, little, our little humor time. It's all good. Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. Acts chapter 8. Go ahead and get your Bibles out and, or turn your Bibles on, however you do it. Acts chapter 8. And uh, we'll start in the first verse. We're going to read eight verses uh, here in the New International Version. This is what it says. It says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Everybody except the apostles, were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. Uh, Stephen has just been uh, stoned and now is is dead, and so uh, people are mourning for him, and Saul, uh, he began to destroy, verse 3 says, he begins to destroy the church, and uh, I want you to remember that, that line in this, that Paul begins to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Verse 4 says, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame uh, were healed. Verse 8 says, so there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. I'm going to share these couple of moments right now on this thought, the unstoppable church the Unstoppable Church, I'm going to ask you wherever you are, would you pray with me right now that God would speak to us, uh, that God's Word would challenge us and change us. Will you pray with me right now? Father in heaven, thank you for your Word. And we do gather together uh, and we ask God that Your Word right now would transform us. That Your Word right now would be powerful. That it would be more than enough. We thank You for Your Word. I pray a fresh anointing on this Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wherever you are, you said Amen. Uh, I, I said we, we're doing a uh, we're doing a daily devotional at noon on our Instagram, our Faith Orlando Instagram. And I said on uh, Wednesday of this week when we when we launched that. That I feel like right now the church is in a, a an interesting season, and this is what I kind of uh, this kind of, I kind of feel like is going on in the church, not just our church, probably uh, probably the church across the world, really, but certainly the church here in the United States. But have you ever been in a service and worship is going on and the band's playing and the of course, the uh, speakers are on and it's, uh, the, the sound and the music's being amplified and uh, the worship leader is singing and then something happens. Maybe it's a storm outside here in Florida. We know all about that. Or Maybe something else happens, but the power trips and the power goes off. And if you've ever been in a service like that, you know exactly what happens. Uh, someone might think, oh, then there, does everybody stop singing because the power goes off and now no one knows what to do. That's not what the church does. I feel like in every situation that that's ever happened, the church takes it upon themselves. I feel like every time the church is ready to blame the devil for the power outage, I don't know if it's always the devil, sometimes it's just, you know, a bad breaker, but they're always ready, we're always ready to just, devil, you're not going to stop my praise. And just, I always, every time I've ever been in a situation like that, which is probably dozens in my life, every single time, I mean, the worship gets amplified even though the amplifiers are turned off. Uh, The worship gets louder even though the speakers are shut down because the church is determined in moments like that to not let anything stop them. I feel like we're kind of in a place like that kind of nationally. We're kind of in a place like that where maybe we could sense that there are some things that are making this, I don't know, this thing we call church, maybe in some ways we think, well, now it's making it more difficult. You know this. You know that church was never about being uh, in a building. The church isn't a building. You know this, that if you're a Christian, you are the church. Church isn't something you come to. Yes, we gather. Yes, it's scriptural to gather. But if you're a Christian, you were never the church. And so if you don't show up on the church property, that does not mean that you relinquish who you are as one that is the church. And so we just know, and what I sense in my spirit is I sense that people are more determined than ever to make sure and be deliberate about who they are as the church, because the power in some sense is right. The power has kind of gone out in some sense. We're not doing it the way we've always done it, uh, but that does not mean that we are no longer the church. Matter of fact, the church is unstoppable. We're seeing that now. We saw that back here. Uh, uh, in, uh, in, in this Acts chapter 8. This was about four years after uh, Jesus has, uh, has died and, and risen. And now four years later, the church is just in its beginning. And it seems like just as the original church is planted, now that church is undergoing persecution. And some may have seen what was going on. They may have seen what Paul was doing with that original church. And they may have thought, man, look at this. The church is on the edge of extinction. But we see something in these verses in the beginning of, of, the, of chapter 8 of Acts, and we still see it today, that the church is unstoppable, that the church isn't going anywhere. Somebody say, hey, "Amen!" right there where you are, the church is unstoppable, and nothing's going to stop us, and nothing stopped this early church. And so if the church is unstoppable, let me just bring out three uh, kind of statements of faith really quick out of this passage of Scripture in Acts 8. If the church is unstoppable, then scattered doesn't have to be scary. Scattered doesn't have to be scary. I know we're scattered right now. I know this isn't the original plan, but scattered doesn't have to be scary. Verse number one, right there in Acts 8, we read it. It said, on that day, great persecution broke out against the church. And it says all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. They were all scattered up until this time in Acts chapter 8. All of the ministry of the church had taken place in Jerusalem. And now because of the hard times that the church in Jerusalem is going through, because of the tough season they're walking, because of the unexpected uh, trials that they're walking through, now the church begins to be scattered. Now they begin to kind of fulfill, it's funny, Acts chapter 8 verse 1 starts to fulfill Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Oh, they had done that up until this point. Four years, the church in Jerusalem being witnesses. But Jesus said in Acts one eight, "You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the of the earth." So Acts eight one begins to fulfill Acts one eight, and the fact that uh, these these uh, Jewish believers were were scattered and 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 filling, fulfilling Acts one eight. Uh, this word "scattered" in the Greek is uh, c- kind of from a root word uh, called "spiro" and. Uh, and it's a word that talks about in the Bible, it's used to talk about scattering seed. And, uh, and so you may look at it like, oh man, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's sad that the church doors are closed. I promise you, we're not seeing it like that. We're not seeing it as the church doors are closed. I'm seeing it that the seeds of the word of God are being scattered all over this city. Uh, I, I don't know if, if they even have these in Florida. I haven't really seen very many in Florida since I've been here, but I grew up in the Midwest and I saw dandelions all the time. And there's nothing as pretty as a field of dandelions, uh, pretty little um, yellow flowers. And I, I can remember as a kid uh, talking to adults who just despised these little flowers. And to be honest, I never understood it as a kid because I thought, well, look, it's just so pretty, a little yellow flower. And I can remember maybe my parents or grandparents or other people. Uh, and what happens to a dandelion, in case you have never been around one, is they go from being a, a yellow flower like that and they turn, end up turning white and um, kind of um, a little puff of just floating, really floating seeds. And so what happens is once those turn white and then the wind blows or maybe some little kid picks it up and blows it. it, was, it was, We used to think it was good luck as a kid if you picked up a dandelion when it was in that state and you blew all the, all the little seeds off of it. Well, here's the thing. If you have one dandelion in your yard, pretty soon you're going to have 10 in your yard. And if you have 10 in your yard, pretty soon you're going to have 100 in your yard. And if you have 100 in your yard, pretty soon you're going to have 1,000 across your yard. That's why people, homeowners and People, that they didn't like having dandelions, even though they were pretty at one point. But it was amazing how quickly those seeds, once they scattered, it was amazing how that multiplication happened. Well, that's what we're believing for. As we are scattered as the church, we're believing for multiplication. We're just believing that the church is going to grow, that the church is going to see times like it's never seen before. See, some of you thought that Uh, 9307 Curryford Road. Some of you thought that that was the main distribution of the seed of the Word of God. That this was the place where the main distribution was going to happen. And God says, no, no, no. This is not the main distribution of the seed. The main main distribution of the seed is all over this city. In your homes, in your neighborhoods, Uh, if if you're not at work, when you go back to work, you're still going to be a place that is spreading uh, the seed, spreading the Word of God wherever you you are. And so scatter doesn't have to be a scary thing. If the church is unstoppable, another truth I would just like to bring out of this passage of scripture, if the church is unstoppable, well that means that the word still works. Can I just speak that over everybody's life? The word still works right there where you are. Uh, maybe you are sick. And maybe it's something that's completely unrelated to uh, a, a particular worldwide virus that's going around. Maybe you're just experiencing something else. Uh, maybe you're feeling a little bit lonely. Maybe you're feeling uh, a little bit uh, uh, alone. Or de- maybe depression is starting to sneak in. And maybe you're, maybe you're worried about the future and that fear is coming upon you. Can I just speak this over your life? The Word still works. That's why, that's why the church isn't going anywhere. That's why the church is unstoppable because this church is based on the word of God. This church is filled with the word of God. In verse 4 of that same story we're reading about of the, the early church in the book of Acts, verse 4, it says, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Those that had been scattered, had they preached the word wherever they went. I just love that the persecution that was meant to exterminate the church is actually expanding the church. And that's what we're believing for. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there is some spiritual element to everything that's going on in this world. And I'll tell you this. If the enemy thought that what was going on was going to exterminate the church, he's wrong. Because it's just going to expand the church. Because the word of God is powerful. That's why the word of God is dangerous. The word word of God is is potent. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says it this way. The word of God is alive. The word of God is active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing of soul and spirit. It penetrates even through uh, a TV screen. It penetrates even through a phone screen. It penetrates through a computer screen. Uh, The word of God uh, penetrates dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I want you to remember something. That those that were preaching the word, those that were scattered, they weren't the pastors. Those that had been scattered, those that were preaching the word, they weren't the pastors. They were just the normal people. See, sometimes we look at someone who's fulfilling a calling and fulfilling a role like I'm feeling right now. And you go, well, yeah, that's, there it is. Like 9307, that's where the word gets spread. That's, that's your job. No, that's all of our job. Matter of fact, it said in verse 1 that the apostles, they stayed in Jerusalem and and the people spread out. Uh, the people went to Samaria. The people went to uh, Judea. And as those people went there, they were average people with average jobs, with average families, just like we think we are. And guess what? They were the ones that spread the word of God everywhere they went. And that's still our calling today. I mean, I guess we would, we would tend to think, yeah, but God can't use me. Like, I'm too ordinary. Like, how could God use ordinary me with my faults, and I'm not even all there yet, and I haven't got it all figured out. I don't know if I'm as spiritual as I could be. I don't know if I'm as, uh, as uh, biblical as I, as I should be. I don't know if I understand enough. So how could God use me? Here's how God can use you, because the Word of God is way more powerful than your greatest weakness. Because the Word of God is in you, that's how God will use you, because of the Word that is inside of you. I was uh I guess now 2 weeks ago um my wife uh gave me gave us the idea and she said hey um we we probably should go to BJ's and and by then already 2 weeks ago that was a that was a scary uh, preposition that she proposed that we would go to BJ's to get some food and uh, I had been there actually the Saturday before that so I'd been to BJ's 3 weeks ago I walked in to buy one thing I wasn't doing the whole hoarding like try to buy like thousands of rolls, of anything. Like, I was going in there to buy one thing that I really needed, and I walked in, and I didn't see any lines at the register, so I thought, well, that's good. It's not too bad, and then as I started walking, I noticed that this line snaked uh, up and down every single aisle of the store to the back of the store, and BJ's is a big place, so 15 aisles of people in carts, and I started noticing, and I looked, and I thought, oh, that's not wait a minute, what's going on here? And then I looked, and that was the line to get to a register. And as I'm looking, someone said to me, they walked by, they said they knew me, they said, Pastor Johnny, nope, not today. And so I looked, I was like, so that's the line. They said, yeah, we were in the back, and we finally just gave up. So that was three weeks ago. So then two weeks ago, my wife said, we should go to BJ's. I said, honey, I don't think that's a good idea. She said, well, "But we need stuff. So we thought, okay, we're just going to go, and we'll just, we'll just do it. And so we go, and sure enough, the line was the exact same way as it was the week before. 15 rows back, snaking all the way through. I mean, it made Disney look like a breeze. It was, I mean, people and just everybody in carts. And so we got about halfway done with the shopping. And I came up with a plan. I said, honey, I'm gonna go get in line and you're gonna get your exercise. You just walk back and you get a couple things and you come meet me and you put it in the car and then you go get more things and you come back. She agreed with that plan. At least I could get in line and start. And so as I'm there snaking through the line, I ended up waiting in line for about uh, 45 minutes or an hour and we got our food. Um, As I'm waiting in line, about halfway through, so I'd been in line for maybe 30 minutes or something like that. um, I noticed At one of the points when it was snaking, like sometimes people would be on their phones while they're in line or not paying that close attention. And I noticed that the guy in front of me, he was on his phone, he was doing something. And we remember going around the corner, this one lady was just coming up the aisle. We were already several, we were already several rows into a line and she's just coming up the main aisle and she sees the gap and she takes advantage of it and she just slides right in. And so I had a decision to make. (laughs) Like is this really going to be on? Like, is this, is, am I going to be caught? Am I going to be a viral video, you know, throwing, throwing a fit? Um, And I began to think about that woman and I began to think, well, you know, maybe, maybe this is just, maybe she's just really scared. Maybe these, maybe these times are really putting the squeeze on her. And maybe it's causing her to act in a way that's inconsistent with her normal behavior. But you know what? Pressure does not really cause us to act in a way that's inconsistent with who we are. You know what pressure does? Pressure actually exposes who we are. It's kind of like this. Like I have a a little tube of Crest toothpaste. Last week's message was brought to you by Waze. And this week's message is brought to you by Crest. And so I have a a thing of Crest toothpaste. And if I were to open this up, I'm not going to do it. But if I were to give this toothpaste a squeeze, do you know what would come out? toothpaste, because toothpaste is in here whether I'm squeezing it or not. Which brings me back to those of us who are Christians. It brings me back to those of us who carry within us the Word of God. It brings me back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Would you just be one that owns this verse in your life? And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, You accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is the word of God, which is at work, which is at work in you believers. It's at work inside of you. It's the Word that's in you. So even if the world does try to squeeze us, even if we do walk through some seasons and we go, man, I never expected this. I've never seen this before. And boy, I'm feeling the pressure and I'm feeling the squeeze. Well, go ahead, world, squeeze us. Because you know what? When we're squeezed, the Word of God is going to come out. When we're squeezed, we're going to make an impact in people's lives because the Word of God is in us. And so as Christians during this season, maybe you need to be extra deliberate about getting the word of God in you whether that's listening to some extra messages and extra podcasts or certainly being faithful to your own reading but make sure you're full of the world so that when the when the full of the word so when the world puts its squeeze on you the word of God is going to come out because the word still works amen and then last and then and and I'll be done and thank you so much for being a part of this service If the church is unstoppable, my third statement of faith would be this. Then celebration is certain in your city. I said, if the church is unstoppable, then celebration is certain in your city. I'm going to just read verse 5 and verse 8 from Acts chapter 8. Look what it says. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah there. In verse 8, so there was great joy in that city. Philip went to a city in Samaria. He proclaimed the Messiah. And because of that, there was great joy in that city. Now, uh, Jews and Samaritans would not even normally interact. This is not a typical, uh, up until this point, this had not been a typical mission uh, for, for uh, someone like Philip to do. But now because of this scattering, now he's in uh, Samaria. Now he's dealing with people that he would not have normally dealt with. And the word of God is spreading and i don't know if it's been like this for for the for all of you but certainly in my neighborhood i've noticed that uh, it just seems like people are just out more. More families are going on walks. More families are sitting out on their driveways. And when you do walk by, when you do, I just feel like people are nicer, that people are more engaging. Probably what it is, is people are a little bit starved for human contact because they're not at work all day. Many of them with all the people that they would normally interact with. Maybe they're not in family gatherings with uh, friends and family like they normally would. And so maybe there is a little bit of a, uh, of a desire. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of a withdrawal from just human contact. And so even from a distance, uh, and I'm not saying that, that people in neighborhoods are, are all hugging and, and all that, but there is this hunger, there is this desire to interact with maybe people that we normally even wouldn't interact with. And if that's the case, then that means we, the church, have an opportunity to be people who bring joy to somebody else's life. That means we have an opportunity that we would not have normally had that we, can, that we can, as people are offering more waves and more smiles and more conversations than they, than they ever did before, uh, now that gives us the opportunity to bring joy to someone's life. And I want you to think about it. Why was there joy in that city? Uh, we, we could say, well, because Philip was there. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Why was there joy in that city? Because he preached the Messiah. Uh, I would say, I wouldn't argue that. But but really, probably the primary reason that there was joy in that city is because of the change that people experienced as a result of the power of the Word of God. The change that people experienced, the positive change that people experienced is what really brought them joy. A couple years back, Forbes put out an article. And from a completely uh, secular point of view, it was not a... Um, it was not a uh, a Christian article by any stretch, but uh, uh, Forbes put out a, a an article, and it was say this: It said positive change can boost your happiness. Positive change is a a happiness and a success booster, and it talked about things like. Uh, When you overcome challenges that you believed you never could, it just brings happiness in your life. It talked about that you learn to deal with negativity because of positive change and it increases joy in your life. It talked about becoming more open to change in the future because you've changed in the past. And so it gives you kind of joy and, and, and hope that you can overcome other things because you've overcome things in the past. See, even from a secular perspective, they know the power of change. Now, they may not know the person of change, but they know the power of change. Well, we know the person of change. And when the person of change comes into contact with somebody who desperately needs to change, and when they experience that, you know what they're going to feel? They're going to feel real joy for the first time. If, I mean, if I was a photographer and if I could pull this experiment off, I would do it. The thought just came to me uh, a few minutes ago about this, what it would look like. And I thought, you know what? I'd like to take a picture of people when they, when they come home from a long night of, of partying and doing whatever they were doing. And maybe the first morning when they wake up at that hangover, I'd like to take just a close-up picture of their face. Maybe right after somebody's gotten into a fight with somebody and they've said things that they wish they hadn't said, I'd like to take a picture right. Up close of their face and see really what's going on in their eyes. And I'd like to do that with maybe a hundred different people in a hundred different circumstances where people were kind of living out of their flesh. But then you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to take another hundred pictures of people because I've seen these faces close up so many times in my life. I'd like to take another hundred pictures of, of people's faces after they've gotten up from an altar, after the power of God has changed their life, after they've been set free from sin, after they've been set free from their addiction, after they've been set free from a life of deception, after they've been set free from feeling guilt and shame every day of their life, I'd like to take a close-up of those pictures, and then I'd like to compare them, because I believe with all my heart, the difference would be vast. I think you could see the joy in people's eyes, and I think you could tell that something real is going on in those faces. I'd love to do that someday. I'll probably never be able to, but I know if we did, we'd see the power of change. That's why there was joy in that city. And that's why I can say without any shadow of any doubt that there will be joy in our city. Even even if we're going through some things we never thought we would, there is joy because you know what? People's lives are changing even now. Like even some of you that might be joining this service right now, you might be in need of of a change. You might be in need of, of a transformation in your life. You need that sense of joy that comes when really things get turned around right side up in your life. And if that's you, um, there are people literally right now praying for you as they watch this broadcast. And so I want you to know that you may be like physically alone in a room, but you're not alone. The body of Christ has come around you, the church that is unstoppable. It's coming alongside you right now and praying for you that your life would be radically changed by this word of God that we have been preaching, by this word of God that we've been proclaiming, by this word of God we've been living, that lives in us. And so if that's you, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what, your, what story your eyes would tell if we took a close up. I don't know what kind of guilt and what kind of regret you're living under, but I know this, that true transformation comes through the power of the Word of God. Romans chapter 12 says it this way, that um, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, That's real transformation. It's when God allows His power to change your mind. And so if that's you and you need that today, I want to just pray for you, pray with you right there where you are. I want you to make this a a real, uh, a, a real altar moment for you wherever you are. Will you pray with me all over the city, all over this world. Pray with me right now. Father in heaven, I give myself to you and I ask you by your power, I ask you by your word to change me. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my future to you. And I thank you that your word is truth. And I invite you I invite the truth, the transforming power of your word into my life right now. And God, I commit to live my life for you. I commit to be one that spreads this joy. I commit to be one that stays strong even in this season of scattering. I commit to allow the word of God to work in me. I commit right now to spread the joy of Christ no matter where I'm at. And I thank you. I thank you for your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We miss you.